Deuteronomy 14, in the great speech of Moses. You are the children of Yahweh your God. You shall not cut yourselves, nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead. You are a holy people to Yahweh your God, and Yahweh has chosen you to be a people for his own possession above all peoples who are on the face of the earth. You shall not eat any abominable thing. These are the animals with which you may eat, the ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roebuck, the wild goat, the ibex, the antelope, and the chamois. Every animal that parts the hoof and has the hoof split in two and chews the cud among the animals you may eat. Nevertheless, these you shall not eat of them that chew the cud or of those who have the hoof split, the camel, the hare, and the rabbit, because they chew the cud but don't part the hoof, they are unclean to you. The pig, because it has a split hoof but doesn't chew the cud, is unclean to you. You shall not eat their meat, you shall not touch their carcasses. These you may eat of all that are in the waters. You may eat whatever has fins and scales. You shall not eat whatever doesn't have fins and scales, it is unclean to you. Of all clean birds you may eat, but these are they of which you shall not eat. The eagle, the vulture, the osprey, the red kite, the falcon, the kite of any kind, every raven of any kind, the ostrich, the owl, the seagull, the hawk of any kind, the little owl, the great owl, the horned owl, the pelican, the vulture, the cormorant, the stork, the heron after its kind, the hoopoe and the bat. All winged creeping things are unclean to you. They shall not be eaten. Of all clean birds you may eat. You shall not eat of anything that dies of itself. You may give it to the foreigner living among you who is within your gates, that he may eat it, or you may sell it to a foreigner, for you are a holy people to Yahweh your God. And you shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. You shall surely tithe of all the increase of your seed, that which comes out of the field year by year. You shall eat before Yahweh your God in the place which he chooses to cause his name to dwell, the tithe of your grain, of your new wine, of your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock, that you may learn to fear Yahweh your God always. If the way is too long for you, so that you were not able to carry it, because the place which Yahweh your God shall choose to set his name is too far from you, when Yahweh your God blesses you, then you shall turn it into money, bind up the money in your hand, and you shall go to the place which Yahweh your God shall choose. You shall trade the money for whatever your soul desires, for cattle, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatever your soul asks of you. You shall eat there before Yahweh your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no portion nor inheritance with you. At the end of every three years, you shall bring all the tithe of your increase in the same year and shall store it within your gates. The Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, as well as the foreigner living among you, the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates shall come and shall eat and be satisfied, that Yahweh your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. So this is still in the middle of Moses' great speech and he's giving them a whole heap of practical things to do. And he says, you know, don't eat these things and do eat these things and don't cook a mother, a goat, baby goat in its mother's milk. And so it gives all those practical things about things you should eat. 
And we've talked about all of them previously in Leviticus chapter 11. We won't do that again, but go watch that video. But then it gets down to something not discussed before. This is travel and sacrifices. It says when you, you, know, you, you gather up your first fruits, the firstborn of your flock and herd, and it has to be given to the Lord as an offering, they're supposed to travel to the place. Now the place ended up being the temple in Jerusalem, but even before that it was, um, the tabernacle was located in Shiloh in the, in the tribe of Ephraim. So from the first days in the land, they have to travel to, to make these sacrifices. So they would travel to Ephraim for a few hundred years and then eventually Solomon built the temple. They traveled to Jerusalem. So what this passage was saying was that if you had to travel, but it was too hard to carry your you know, the firstborn, let's say you had a firstborn calf and you want to bring a calf or a sheep, it's, it can be tricky to travel with those things. It's possible, but Moses is basically saying you can sell that and take the money, travel to the place, you know, the temple, and you can buy there what you need for the sacrifice. So it's just practical. So we've got this story in the New Testament with Jesus it's told in all of the Gospels where Jesus goes into the temple and there were people, there were money changers and there were people selling, you know, doves and sheep and lambs and all. They were selling them in the temple and Jesus goes crazy. John chapter 2, it says he made a whip. So this, this wasn't Jesus just spur of the moment going nuts. Now this is Jesus observing what's there, going away and making a whip. You know, this is planned action, going back, and then going crazy and saying, how dare you turn my, my father's house into a marketplace? And some people have this idea that Jesus' action was, he was cranky because they were buying and selling in, say, you know, a place of worship. But that's actually, we've just read in Deuteronomy chapter 14 that Moses said they could do that. Moses said you could sell your offering for money, you could travel to the place, Jerusalem, and there you could buy the offering and offer it. So we've, it's actually authorized to do this as part of temple worship. So Jesus, when he went crazy, what was he actually going crazy about? <laughs> because funnily enough, we've got this great church in Rockhampton, uh, and they're really, really good friends of mine. This is Rockhampton Baptist, and they have a little bookshop. And now that bookshop wouldn't make a dollar of profit it's, it's honestly, it's there as a great service and a ministry to the body of Christ through the whole of Rockhampton. Like if you want Bibles or Christian cards or whatever, you can go there. Like they don't make any money. It's staffed by volunteers. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a huge blessing to the body of Christ. But I heard this one comment one day saying, oh, they shouldn't be buying and selling in a church. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. But so, um, no, what they were doing there was helping people to worship God. And that's what this Deuteronomy 14 passage is all about. It's about helping people to worship God. But when Jesus went into the temple, it was something different was going on there. He said, you have turned my father's house into a marketplace. Now, so what, what was changed was the motive of what was going on, not the actual thing that was happening. So, for example, you've got people coming from all around the world on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, let's say for Passover. And so people are coming from all around the world for Passover and they don't want to travel from, let's say, Parthia, you know, Turkey, Greece, you know, Egypt. They're traveling. They don't have to take a sheep with them that a whole entire way. They're just going to buy a sheep when they get there. 
And so um, what happened was that the people of Jerusalem, now in particular, this is King Herod. King Herod the Great, he built that temple. And he, it's a bit like, you, you can imagine um, in the news, you know, you, see, you read an article that says, you know, city of Brisbane is campaigning for the Olympics in 2024 or whatever, or, you know, 2034, whatever. You, so these cities, you know, they, they, they lobby to have the Olympic Games come. And the reason they want that there is because the attraction is going to bring people who are going to spend their money in the city. Now, King Herod, he wasn't even Jewish. He didn't care about the Jewish worship. He was an Edomite, the descendant of Esau. What he cared about was building this temple fabulously grand because he knew he's going to have people travel from all around the world, come to his city, Jerusalem, and spend their money there. And that, that temple system, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were corrupt as. And they, um, it was, all of it was, was about getting people here, getting them to spend their money in our temple. And you know, you could have turned up at any other time in the year when there was no festival going on and you could have bought a sheep at a reasonable price but you turned up at Passover and all of a sudden the price of a sheep for sacrifice just went through the roof it was price gouging you might have heard of that I heard a story of a bloke that had a, a fuel station in the middle of the outback and all year long the fuel was you know the regular price but this one weekend a year the Birdsville races that's the and you know the thousands of cars are going through well that one weekend he just puts his price right up people have got no choice but to pay that huge price because they're stuck in the middle of the desert it's price gouging it's and you know fair enough he could get away with it because it's strictly commercial his motive is just purely money but when you've got people that are supposed to be serving like in the temple money changes for example jesus got angry and he kicked over the the money changes tables now, it's one thing to change people's money. Like, they, let's say they come from Egypt and they've got Egyptian money and they want to change it to the temple currency so they can buy a sacrifice. It's one thing to just do that as a service so that people can legitimately buy a sacrifice and worship God. But it's another thing to extort them, so give them an unfair exchange rate. And uh, that's why when, whenever I've traveled, I've never tried to change money in an airport because it's always a terrible exchange rate. You want to do it at the bank before. And, um, but here they were extorting people right there in the temple. It was pure, it was not about the worship. It was purely about money making. And um, it's okay to have a Christian bookshop that's there for the purpose of, as ministry, serving God's people. But if you set up something that's designed to gouge God's people of money, purely to make money, to make yourself rich at the expense of God's people, now that really got the Lord angry. <laughs> he made a whip, went in and went nuts. So uh, I just thought this is a perfect opportunity to clear that whole thing up because it's right here in Deuteronomy 14 where Moses says you can do that. You can exchange, you can sell your offering, buy money, travel to the temple. You know what I think is really, really sweet is I think that Jesus, you know, on the night that he was born, the, the shepherds are in the, in the fields and the angels appear and the shepherds are the ones that... that um, you know, see all the glory of the angels singing. We know those shepherds in Bethlehem, there's just a few miles from Jerusalem, they were raising sheep for temple sacrifices. That's all the shepherds in that whole area, that's what they did. People would come for sacrifices on pilgrimage and, and those were the sheep. But each one of those single sheep represented Jesus. They were, all of them were symbolic of a sacrifice, which is Christ. And you know what, each one of those shepherds was a symbol of Christ. He's our great shepherd. <laughs> and on the night that Jesus was born, 
you know, he, the angels appear in the sky. The whole thing is just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus from beginning to end. I think it's fabulous. So if you have a Christian bookshop in your church, it's probably not making a dollar of profit. It's probably costing the church money to keep it there. Thank God for the ministries like this all around the world. We should appreciate them because they're a huge blessing to us. Thank the Lord. Father, I want to thank you that there are so many faithful Christians that do thing, do activities as ministry in church that does include buying and selling, but I want to thank you for it. It's all godly and holy and wonderful and it helps. But Lord, remove from the heart of your people greed that seeks to fleece your people of money, to rob them for commercial gain. Lord, let that evil be removed from every heart. Lord, let your grace be upon us. Help us all to love you with a whole heart, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.